You're a freak like me. Can't you see? We can work this something out. And I believe it. You get off on me. It's like cheating. I, 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 I just wanna watch you take it off. Welcome back, everybody, to Ask the Stripper. I'm not the stripper. Molly's the stripper. How are you, Molly? Hi, I'm great. Doing good, doing good. Doing doing good. You're in overalls today. You've been working out on the railroad? Got my car hurts. <laughs> I never wear these because it's been so hot, but I am kind of out of clothes and need to do laundry, so. Gotcha. Go. Um, go and wear these sexy overalls, but um, should I go ahead and start with um, I wanted to wrap up those the questions from or the answers to the question from last week about feeling guilty about going to the strip club. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Just kind of a quick wrap up. I just remembered that I had a couple more answers that I was like, I at least would like to mention those. Oh, I liked this one. And this is from someone who's very cool. Uh, he said, in, in response to, do you feel guilty when you go to the strip club? They said, no, it's like going to an adult staycation why not enjoy the art on display you know i thought that was kind of kind of funny because it is it's like it is like a little staycation you know you have some drinks some entertainment and yeah like adult disneyland there you go i like that and referring to it as art also because bodies are beautiful things they're not always necessarily sexual they're just beautiful well yeah and and I really do like when people refer to us as artists because I don't know a dancer who's not, you know, that isn't isn't good enough for her craft to be considered an artist, which I don't even think you necessarily need skill to be considered an artist as much as you need to be creating art. Right. And so as far if you're using that definition, all the dancers I know are creating art with their dance. And so they'll, they're all artists. So I appreciate when people acknowledge it and call it call it what it is. Um, I have an idea that I would love to implement someday, which is like a, an art studio slash strip club where you can have art shows and things, but also incorporate like pole dance or aerial art or things like that. I think nice. that would, I like that. it would make sense and it would be cool. And, it, and essentially it's what we're doing is performance art. So you'd be having performance art along with, you know, other types of art um along those lines i saw something on instagram where it's mixing a, a strippers and comedians like comedians would go up and do sets and then there would be a performance or or something i actually did a show like that and oh. it was really fun <laughs> i you know i i love comedians and so someone asked me to do that and i was like okay that sounds kind of fun um and yeah, it was interesting. And I feel like comedy is so similar to what we do. Have we talked about that? Like, yeah. And the, yeah, that you got to kind of be on your toes and be able to like improvise and like, but also you've got the, your old standard go-to jokes and moves. Cause I've got jokes and moves that I probably, I know I, I think I use them every night. You know what I mean? Like things I say and then definitely moves I do, you know, like. So yeah, I've found it really interesting that there's similarities there. For sure. Um, 
let's see. I don't think I read this one. Hell no. They're one of the funnest and best places to visit. You are correct. Um, and this one I thought was interesting and it reminds me of a conversation I had over the weekend. Um, it was a woman and she said, in response to does she feel guilty? She said, yes, but I think I haven't been enough to normalize it in my life. And we've talked about that, that like, you know, exposure kind of desensitizes you in like, I think good ways and bad ways in some situations. But I was sitting with a, a younger woman the other day at the club and I always feel this very like motherly feeling to want to be like, are you okay? Are you comfortable? Like, yeah. are you jarred? Are you like struggling with this new paradigm right now? Um, and I have noticed that sometimes, let me get a drink. Sorry. Had a frog in my throat. Hello. <laughs> So I've noticed that sometimes when I kind of like check in that way, that sometimes it comes across as though I'm being kind of condescending and I feel really bad because that's never my intention. My intention isn't to be like, oh, are you okay, little baby? Um, my intention is to be like, I remember that this is something that was hard for me and that I've seen it be hard for other women. So it's the potential that it might you might be uncomfortable I know is real and especially significantly more than like you know someone who's older or someone who is a man because I feel like a man can kind of get around the social conditioning pretty quickly and have a good time he'll probably be like yeah. <laughs> oh yeah like this is supposed to be bad or something right but like they're so I think visually stimulated that like they tend to kind of I feel like get over that quicker or just that it's more acceptable for men to be sexual or feel sexual. So maybe that's part of it. But, um, but definitely I feel like I've noticed more of an uncomfortableness with women, specifically women who are, you know, a little younger. And so anyways, it just was an in interesting interaction because I, I didn't want to come across as though I was trying to baby her, but also I was trying to baby her. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. do you think that would be like offensive if someone was like trying to coddle you in a situation like that? No, it, especially if you're like, you're visibly uncomfortable, like, you know, like. She wasn't. That's kind of why I felt okay. bad. To me, it was only her age and her gender that made me consider that she might be uncomfortable. So. Yeah. But she was kind of like, no, I've been to a strip club before. And I was like, oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I assumed something based on the way you know how young you look but again it's it's hard to know you know what what how people are feel and everything even though you know you you've become you know pretty good at what, reading people you you can still never know 100 percent. yeah you can't I can't read minds um but I do I just think it take it seems to me to take women a little longer to normalize it um that's just my observation yeah but yeah so I, I thought that was interesting and then okay I think are those all my answers oh one of them says never been but if I do I won't never good vibes only I don't remember if I read any of these so I think that's it for those
Yeah, those all sound new to me. We wrapped up the that question. That was super interesting dialogue. Thanks, guys. I was like here for it. I was really yeah. enjoying that. Um, really enjoyed like dissecting that. Um, I'm gonna switch to like the questions that you know I just send out a call and then like ask me anything about me or the industry. And I thought I'd cover a couple of those. Yeah, go for it. Oh, I'm. I'm thinking it's time to start dancing. Where is a good place to start the journey? But I feel like we've already done this, but should we do like touch on it again? Yeah, because not everybody's listened to every episode. Not everybody's all in on us yet. Come on. <laughs> all um, so my kind of general advice, because sometimes people are listening that are not from Utah, because like if you're from Utah, I might be specifically like go to this place. Um. But my general information is like, if you're interested in dancing, get a, get a little training at a pole studio or work on some floor work, you know. Um, you could basically watch any Beyonce music video <laughs> or like, <laughs> you know, Doja Cat or anyone. Like you could just be like, okay, I'm just gonna copy their moves. And then you would, I, I would start at a smaller club. That's what I did. That's what I've seen be like pretty successful. And you might find that the smaller club suits you and like you wanna stay there, but I would always still start at a smaller club and then get some work experience and some confidence and kind of like know the ropes better before you go to like a little bit of a well-established club or a bigger club. Bigger doesn't necessarily always mean better. They may not be run as well. Um, the money might not be as good as at the smaller club. so. I think that's where you want to start asking the questions to the dancers in your area because um, they're going to know more about that. But then again, that's hard because like someone might do well at a club because of their personality and aesthetics and someone else might not because they're not a very good fit for that club. So just keep in perspective when you're asking the women, like, you know, maybe, maybe ask a couple of them. Um, yeah. which would mean like maybe buying them a drink tipping them getting a dance from them or something like that I mean I'm I'm happy to like give information when I can and when I have time but it's always nice when I'm compensated for it and like they're like oh you are at work and I am asking you a bunch of questions um which reminds me of something else I'd like to, to touch on but I'll, I'll put a pin in that for a second but okay. um let's see what else I'm trying to go back to the exact question so I can answer it efficiently. So yeah, I started a smaller club. If you're in Utah, you know, I've had good and bad experiences at, at all of the clubs. Um, some of the smaller clubs I've liked, I really liked the Den and Magna. Um, yeah. I think it's a really cool club. I think it's yeah, it's a good beginner's place, but it's also a great club for people who've been in the industry for a while. So that's a good club. Deuces is a really good club. Um, I haven't been at Pinkies for a while. It's been years since I've been in there. So I, I wouldn't really speak much to that or to the the one in Ogden. But, but yeah, I think those are both really good places to start. Um, keep in mind that you're gonna need certain things like 
money to get your dancer license, which can range anywhere, I think, from like around $100 to like $300 to get your license. Cause you, and you have to get a different one for each club because each club is in a different city and each license goes by the city. And so, yeah, you'll need to have a little money saved up. And then recently I was talking to someone who was trying to do that and she was also saving up for shoes because the cheapest pair of shoes is gonna be like 60 something dollars. Um, but then again, there's certain clubs I've seen that let the dancers work with no shoes, which I think is a whole vibe. And I actually really enjoy yeah. it. If people follow me know that I often dance without my shoes. So, and some women really prefer it. Um, and some, I think patrons prefer it too. Those yeah. kind of nymphy, like, you know, a little nymph kind of. Jump yeah, a forest fairy, if you yeah. will. <laughs> but, um. Back to the licenses, what what kind of requirements are kind of more general with those? I think just having like a valid ID and filling out the paperwork, which doesn't really give you any information. So I thought the paperwork I signed would be like a list of the laws and rules but you really can't find a list of the laws and rules unless you go on like a deep dive on the gov website. Um, and so it's really none of that. It's just kind of like fluff. I don't know. And then, um, but then they expect you to know and adhere to all these rules. And I was watching Jack the stripper talk recently about in Arizona that there was like a whole long, you know, um, thing in the paperwork about, your anus and you can't touch your anus or show your anus and it was like really in depth and like there's nothing like that in the utah paperwork i don't feel like utah paperwork feels comfortable saying the word anus and <laughs> <laughs> their in their you know official text but um i never thought i'd hear you say it so there there's the we haven't had an like, uncomfortable moment for me in the podcast for a while so there we go oh, I'm so sorry I you uncomfortable. Okay. I'm I'm falling falling off. So um it's funny that reminds me that someone recently they said you're very uptight for a stripper and I was like yeah that's pretty accurate. So it's funny that you know you'd think I'd I'm a stripper I'd be very comfortable singing this and I am but I think people are shocked to hear certain things come out of my mouth sometimes. Um cuz I'm a Pollyanna stripper. But um, yeah, so you save up money for the things that you'll need to get started. You don't need, I think, like a ton of money, but and you'll need a couple lingerie outfits. But you might start out with one, one outfit for the first night, and then make some money, <laughs> and then invest in some, some more underwears. How many pairs of shoes do you have? Speaking of those costs, I only have a few, kind of at a time, because I will trash them. Some of them have been really good to me. Like I've got some pleasers recently that are clear and and they've really held up for me. But um, some of them I just trash through dancing. Like they just get worn out and then I throw them away. So I, I've, I'm sure, I was going to say hundreds, but maybe not hundreds of shoes. I might have gone, no, that can't be. I can't have gone through hundreds of shoes. I'm thinking more like five a year for eight years so more like 40 but then I bought some just for like funsies 
but um but I don't typically have like a ton of shoes I I, I keep maybe like five at a time gotcha. and then uh, rotate you should sell your old ones to fans like yeah people do that people do that I am so lazy I can't handle my life so <laughs> I I hate almost doing anything extra and so uh, even the thought of like trying to sell my shoes and then interact with a human to do that and then I'm like oh I'm tired but um but yeah people do that they sell their underwear I'll, full disclosure, I have sold underwear before. Like if someone asked, was like, hey, can I give you $100 for your underwear? I've been like, yeah, here you go. Take them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I remember when I started, that's like nothing I could have even fathomed I would ever do. I remember people asking me that and being like so offended. Like, ah, who do you think I am? I would never. Um, but now, you know, I'm jaded and I'm like, yeah. Who cares? I don't care. Have at it. Um, but yeah, let's see. I had another question. Do you have any more follow-up for that question that you think people would want to know about getting into their journey of um, stripperhood? Yeah, where and how, you know, the cost is, you know, the big part and being comfortable dancing. I wouldn't expect that for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, but, but I, but having said that, I know women who have, were not uncomfortable their first show ever, you know, like they, they just didn't feel that way. They just were very comfortable already for whatever reason, whatever, if it's genetic or how they were raised or whatever it is or you know some people are coming from similar lines of different kinds of sex work so maybe like they're just like I'm just not uncomfortable with that but for I think the most women it's it is difficult to get used to and I know I got nervous for two years I don't I, I think I've said that on here I don't know um and I still do sometimes I still get nervous sometimes so I wouldn't expect it's one of those things that it's like, you don't do it because you've gotten over your feel or fear and you're perfectly comfortable. You just do it through the fear and you do it with the fear and the uncomfortableness. You just do it anyways. And, and I would say that most of the time, other people don't know, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> other people don't know that how nervous you are. I mean, sometimes they do or but I'd say most people just comment on how confident I am and how blah, 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 blah. And so um, that's where it comes into. Have we talked much about like the fake it till you make it jazz? Yeah, the the weird looks on your face and that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, we've covered, we've covered that. Um, I just mean that like to project what you want to project, oh, even, yeah. if you're, even if you're faking it. Um, for a while and that hopefully that eventually internalizes into confidence um with time but yeah all right should we look at some ngls yeah do strippers with only fans bring in more clients does it have an impact on the industry as a whole and would you make one um so <laughs> I'm doing full disclosure again. I have made one, but I don't use it. 
I don't even know. I think I made like $300 and I never even withdrew my money. Like, I don't know how to use it really. Actually, I think I tried a bunch of times and they just kept, I kept putting in my info and like, they wouldn't. So like, I'm not savvy with that, but I would say this. I know that like at my club, we're not allowed to have an OnlyFans in our, um, get our contract, but because I think they think you're making money and we're not getting a cut, which no comment, but, um, I actually do think it brings people in. I think if they're engaging with you in that way, that either one of two things, one is they're not someone who would come to the strip club and potentially they're out of state or they're just a homebody. There's so many people I know online that message me that like have never come in and will probably never come in. That's really not their scene. They're not comfortable for whatever reason. Um, and so there's like, a significant portion of these women's audiences, especially who have online presences, who are just never going to come into the strip club. Like it just is what it is. Yeah. And I think if they are the type of people that would, and they're on your OnlyFans, it's only going to encourage them that they're having an interaction with you on OnlyFans. So I think it's completely good for the industry. I think the industry is going to be moving that way. It very obviously already is. There's so many like online strip clubs now, like so many women I see, you know, like, you know, you can buy a ticket and they do these, you know, different online, you know, strip club type things. And yeah, I feel, but I also think there's a place for the live entertainment. I think to engage on a human level with someone and, um, and to experience a live performance is so special. I don't think it's going anywhere. Like, I don't think that's going to be obsolete. I don't think it will ever be. But, but I, I also can say that and still say that I think OnlyFans online strip clubs are the future and, and we're already experiencing that. So I don't think that it hurts. I don't think it takes away money from the club. I think it can only benefit the club. I honestly think that the clubs should be having their own websites, which apparently Southern here, Southern Exposure did have that like years ago, which I'm like, damn, y'all are ahead of the game. But they had like a website that you could get exclusive content and it was like $40 a month or something. Um, my only problem with that is that I think you should be cutting the women into that. Like, but in the same way, I believe the dancer should be getting a cut of the door and the bar sales. And not only are we not getting that, we're also tipping out 30%. So like my opinions, you know, are very like, um, how can we get women to make more money? How can we get me personally make more money? Like, so so yeah my opinions are biased but yeah did i answer the question we know i like to ramble um bringing more clients does it have an impact on the industry and would you make one so yeah that that you did cover it all yeah i think it's a good thing i think we should be embracing it for sure and i think it's an opportunity to have us you know multiple streams of income for dancers which is so important for them like so i'm about it some on clubs get, get on only fans i think it, it can only help the next yeah. one is uh what are you wearing i don't know if they were trying to be creepy or funny when they said this but that's hilarious because i'm in yeah. my gorgeous <laughs> overalls today yeah when, when this video drops and i'm i'm gonna be better about getting the videos out i'm gonna have these 
the first three out this Friday, and then moving forward, the Friday after the episode comes out, I'll have the videos up. But yeah, here and overalls. I think you're doing a fantastic job. Just a comment. So, oh, thank you. But yeah, I got my cart hearts, and uh, that's what I'm wearing. But cute red glasses, hair done. Yeah, they look great. Dirty hair, I had to put in messy buns. My but... my hair always looks good. Yeah, flawless. Keep it high and tight. <laughs> And outside of what we're wearing on the podcast, it's none of your business. Yeah, except that it's usually lingerie at the club. Yeah. And in that case, you, you can go see it and, and pay to see it. So Yeah. Next one is, what, what is your favorite drink? Um, I enjoy kumbacha. I'm saying that wrong, aren't I? I get teased because I say that way wrong. Sounds close to me. Is that like the fermented stuff? Yeah, it's fermented tea. And it's good for your digestion. I'm I'm not a health fanatic, but I'm pretty healthy. Um, you want to see my disgusting drink right now that I drink every morning? Can you see how beautiful it is? Um, this is spinach, banana, protein, water, peanut butter and cacao <laughs> <laughs> and I drink that every morning um so that's one of my favorite drinks just I guess I, I have it consistently and of course I love a good glass of wine but I'm not I'm not like a wine connoisseur I'm like not I'm not really an anything connoisseur <laughs> I like wine I like blue moon I like a good whiskey sour and of course I like Diet Coke. Okay, it's blurring it out. That's funny. Right. I thought that was like for a minute because you couldn't show the logo. But it was... <laughs> you know, it's just the filter blocking it out. That's funny. Um, I don't. I don't think Coke would sponsor this podcast anyway. <laughs> no, no, we're not. We're too niche for them. Yeah, too niche. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I try to drink a lot of water too. So those are my bevies. I like beer. I'm not real particular about my beer. I like Modelo. Like I've drank oh, yeah, a lot Modelo's of good. Pacifico's good. Mm -hmm. um, this next one is I Miss You. Well, where is it the anonymous one? So we know we can pay to see. I think it might be kind of fun to explore. Oh, wait, so sorry. I didn't catch that. Did you say they are? anonymous yeah it's an anonymous one. Oh yeah should well, we pay find out who these anonymous people are yeah well, well i guess we'd look into it i, I think i told you the pricing and... yeah i think i think, I think I did, when, when we talked about before i just didn't care i was like well if they if they if they messaged in wanting to be anonymous let's keep them anonymous you know but people obviously know you can find out um but on Instagram, but we can see who um, views the story. But, it, you know, it's, it's a good sized list. But Yeah, and only a portion of people watching the story, you know, give a yeah. response. I've noticed this, and I, I'm curious about how other people do their online, you know, whatever on Instagram, because 
a lot of people I'll get like a lot of responses, but I'll get like a thousand to two thousand views on it. And so compared to how many questions I'm getting versus views, but a lot of people never respond to anything. They just watch all my stories. And it's just interesting to me because as someone, I don't watch anyone's stories. Like I will only look at stuff that's posted almost never. Well, I, if, if you catch me looking at a story, like I'm like creeping on you or something like I rarely do it. I, I watch stories all the time. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people, they watch everyone's story. They don't, they literally go. And I'm like, that's, I, I don't know how you do that. I do not enjoy people's stories that much, especially like it's like food or like whatever, you know, like I, sometimes I'm like, why do people even watch my stories? Like, but now I'm, anyways, now I feel bad because I'm like, oh, you watch my stories and I don't watch yours, but I've been trying to like keep up with some people's, but some people get real dramatic on their stories. Yeah. Like, I think because it's not a post, they feel like it's a really. And it's only up for a while that they can. Yeah. Pop off about yeah. whatever. And I think that's obviously like not my jam, except when I'm on my podcast, I'll pop off here. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's always, yeah, the story thing is really interesting to me interesting how people do them differently like some people watch them all a lot of people too they just watch because sometimes I'll feel like oh that's so nice they watch my story but then I realize oh some people just literally watch everyone's stories so it has nothing to do with me but you're in the mix I'm in the mix most of the time I'm just happy to be in the mix so that's a really good way to look at it I like that well um, where you are that misses her you know you know where to find her we're here, here every week she's at the club all the time yeah i it's probably just one of my friends but, but yeah. i still think it's funny all right do you have an imaginary friend i'm really thinking about this one no but i who did you just I, look at um (laughs) it just made me think the thing that I thought of was that I do have an ambient friend (laughs) because she is so sweet and so nice when I take ambient at night she will like order me things that are important and like just interesting things. I actually had an ambient post the other day on social media, which totally happens to me, like somewhat regularly. Like sometimes I'll wake up and I'm like scared to look at Instagram because I'm like, I hope I didn't post anything crazy. And usually I look back and it's stuff that I wouldn't normally have posted, but it like does well, like people are responding well to it. And so I'm like, okay. And so I would call her like my ambient imaginary friend because I don't really know her or like remember anything she does, (laughs) but she seems really nice and helpful and seems to like really have my back and like really care about me a lot. Very nice. Yeah. (laughs) That's just more, more work for me chirping in from wise guys. Uh, All right. Imaginary friend. Hi, again, like the, I miss you. Hi back. You, you can message her on Instagram and talk to her directly. That's funny. 
I can't tell you the amount of people in like my, you know, DM folder that I don't answer that are just things like that. And some of them just like for years. And I'm like, that's so weird. And I've never responded, but they're just like, hi, hi, do you want to go out or things like that? And I'm just like, if someone gives me like a pretty original, like um, opening line, I'll probably engage. Yeah. I'll probably be like, all right, let's shoot the shit. Or I'll look at their profile and be like, are they local? There's someone who's going to come see me. Um, but also I'll be judging like, is this someone I want to interact with? Yeah. You start stopping. I can do that on the anonymous one. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. you say hi and I, for some reason, do check out your profile and you just seem really cool and like have your shit together or have really interesting, you know, content, I'm probably going to say hi back and like, hi. But not if you're anonymous. She did to me. She she wrote back when I said hi. So yeah, I must have been like, he's cool. The next one is, can we be besties again? This is anonymous. We you, you, you're going about it the wrong way. If I only knew who you were, you would yeah. be my. All right, th this one goes back to the OnlyFans thing. Um, where do you think stand with clubs not wanting girls to have OnlyFans? It seems incredibly manipulative of club owners. Wowza. And here's what's interesting to me, because I didn't get any questions like this that are not anonymous, because it's sad to me that as dancers, we feel like to discuss this topic, we have to be anonymous because we're going against what is being, you know, impressed upon us by owners and management. Um, but yeah, I just think, I think it's really short-sighted. I think they've lost, they've lost a lot of good, really good talented live entertainers to OnlyFans or to, you know, other platforms like that because, because that's smart. Like I can make my own schedule. I can, I, I don't have to tip out as much on my income, you know, like it's, I don't know why you would want to be alienating people in that way. Um, when potentially they could make more money and have a better <laughs> work life. Um, I, I love live entertaining. So like, I'm not about to go do that. Even when I took, like I mentioned how much time I took off last year. And that is when I started an OnlyFans. And like, literally at this point, I just haven't shut it down. Like, I don't even think I know how to log into it. <laughs> um, I need like a personal assistant for sure, who like is tech savvy. But, um, but yeah, sorry, I lost my train of thought. You know how I do. Um, give me the question again. Um, just about the clubs um, being short-sighted about it and how it's kind of manipulative about them. I mean, yeah, like I think I'm pretty clear on my like stance about that. Like I'm not going to change that, but I'm also likely to like kind of go with what is required of me to continue, you know, working at the club I want to work at with, with the other dancers that I want to be around and with the type of stage and all of that. Like I, I really like and enjoy all of that. So I'm probably just going to be like, okay, whatever. Um, but if I had like a really strong 
desire to do OnlyFans, what I'd probably do and what maybe I'd recommend doing, maybe I wouldn't, it kind of depends, but I would maybe be having that dialogue with the people in management and basically trying to make a case for why this is beneficial for the club and and maybe even saying we could try some kind of trial period like hey let's see how this goes or you know I can literally show you because like that's what I was seeing is the women who did have OnlyFans were having people come in to see them um specifically because they found them on OnlyFans and so um I'd be like showing them I'd be like well let me let me see you know let me show you that this is beneficial and then I can even show you like, hey, look at this guy came in this day and this person came in that day and this couple came in another day, you know, like, um, like, yeah, like I don't really have like this burning desire to do more online content than I already do. I have a desire to maybe like do the same amount of, of content that I do now for my Instagram, but just transfer over to something like Patreon or OnlyFans. And I might do that. And and that might be something I do is, you know, approach with like a, hey, I'm thinking of doing this. I'd like to try this out. Could we find a, a something to negotiate? Because the truth is, I think this will benefit you and the club, like not just me, like it would benefit you. Um, and at the end of the day, a lot of people who love to do live entertainment want their club to thrive. Why? We don't want our club to go under. We want that we want to keep doing that. We love our job. We want to be there. Like we don't want that to go away. So like it wouldn't be in our best interest for them to lose money on us. We don't want them to lose money on us. We want them to be successful and make more money. Like, but also not taking away from our income, you know? Yeah. And maybe you restrict, you know, what kind of content the dancers can and can't do. You know? I don't think they can do that either. So some people like there's all kinds of like layered things about this in the industry. Like I'll give you a quick example that like sometimes there's dissent is the word I'm thinking of amongst employees. If like one of the dancers is like full service and in sex work, like she's full, she, you know, offers all the services. And I don't think you should be able to tell an employee what they can do outside of work like I get that like in other industries you might be like oh there's a no compete or there's a yada 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 but when it comes to like I don't know telling women what to do with their bodies I'm just not about it and I'm like I don't think they should be talking about or trying to control what any of these women do outside of the club I think it's really none of their business <laughs> and and that like the the gals that I know who have been in full service still make a huge um, impact on the club. They bring those people in. They, they, when they're hanging out with a John or whatever, they bring them in and tip the women or, or their Johns come in and see them and tip them. So like, I'm someone that just doesn't, I don't like any of that. So, so definitely I wouldn't like, or think it was okay to tell yeah. And give your employees what they could or couldn't do on OnlyFans. I just think it's just not your place to tell them whether or not they can have an OnlyFans, what they can do on it. It's just really not your place. Like, no. But again, these are my opinions. 
All right. Yeah, that um, those questions by that's all that were in there. We'll kind of put those. Okay. I had a couple more, but our, what's our time like? Um, we're uh, quarter to four. Um, so we're around 40 minutes or if so. If I do these last couple questions, this will be it, and we'll have to put out another call. All right. Um, there was a really good one. I have to find it. Oh, one of them says, will you work at Deuces again? I have, have I... Did I ask that on here yet? Um, not that I can think of. Yeah, I have no intentions to work at Deuces again, but I, that doesn't mean that I never would. I like Deuces a lot. I, I feel good things mostly. Um, I really liked this one. I gotta find it, hang on. Do you, do you feel like you're part of the dance community in whole? Why or why not? Um, I thought that was interesting. And, and I noticed, I looked back at this person who asked this question and realized that we'd had some interesting dialogue before and kind of noticed that she had, she dances somewhere else. She doesn't dance in Utah and she, I've never worked with her. I've never met her, but um, she was kind of talking about struggling to find community in the industry because it sounded like sometimes the the women she was working with would kind of pigeonhole her into like well you're my stripper friend you're not like my real friend <laughs> you're like part of my shadow life that I don't talk about and other people don't know about and so and and this was just even this is with the women that she works with you know um and I thought that was really interesting because there is like a lot of dynamics at play working as a stripper and being a woman and and part of that is the the stigma of the industry and part of that is like the competitive nature of the industry that it's like it's the the fact that i have friendships or that other women are able to make and maintain friendships in this like super high charged competitive like fight for your life <laughs> type of environment where it's like one night can make or break you financially. Um, I think it's so impressive that the women have been able to do that. Like, and some people have, have commented like, oh, it must be like so catty. And that's just like majorly not what I've experienced. I think there's cattiness. I think there's things like that that exist. But for like the most part, like a lot of these women are like genuinely love each other and are friends. Um, I would say me personally, do I feel like a part of the community as a whole? I'd say I, I mostly do, but I'd also acknowledge that I am an introvert. And so when I get invited out a lot, like I don't always go or like don't always stay the whole time or like, um, so sometimes I feel like I isolate myself in those ways. And that's why I try to have a kind of strong like online presence so that I can stay connected in the way that feels easier to me um which is you know behind my phone or keyboard um but yeah i thought that was really interesting how she you know wanted to have a dialogue about that and and just it's really layered it's really complicated it's really like um i've had a couple friends i've lost over the last few years in the industry 
and not like we hate each other but like we're not friends the way we used to and I just I remember those first few years I couldn't have fathomed that that would happen that I would like lose friends and it did end up being over like weird competitive things and um and it's been that was really difficult and it's been really hard to try and walk other women through that that like not everyone here has your best interests. Not everyone here has emotional capacity to handle this job and to have genuine friendships. And like being able to admit that was like really hard for me. Like, um, and that some people were not the best people for me. And there's a, someone I follow said this recently and I found it very helpful that like one of the ways to gauge that is to, there's many ways, <laughs> but one of them is to see how you feel after spending a little time with that person. I noticed looking back that, that some of those people after a conversation with them or after working a shift with them, like I felt really drained and, and that was like something I could have seen and looked at and gone like, maybe this isn't the best person for me. You know, like how you feel after you spend time with someone is a great way one of many ways to gauge like is this someone I really want to have a close trusting friendship with you know but yeah do you have any questions about that like no I just just the interactions I've seen on social media and stuff and what you've talked about your co-workers it seems there you have a strong sisterhood you know but I'm yeah I feel I really know, strong yeah. about how you are with, other, you know, girls from other clubs and like that. Yeah. And I know there's some rifts between clubs, which I've always, I don't know if I've talked about how stupid I think that is. I think it's the stupidest thing ever. Like some people will act like they're better because they're at this club or that club or, and I'm just like, dude, we're all doing the same work. Yeah. And like, we all have the same customers. Like some people, I feel like don't realize that it's like, if you've gone and experienced the other clubs, all those high rollers go to all of those clubs. So I in one club is not better than the other. They're just different. Back, um, back when I worked there, we, we went to three or four clubs a night. Yeah. The people who love strip clubs, they're not just going to your club. Like, that's really <laughs> silly to think. But, um, but yeah, there's this, I even remember hearing, but also experiencing for myself, a feeling of superiority like um well I'm a trails girl and that's definitely been a thing for trails and they have had some bad reputations some some that were earned and some that weren't earned some that were were just people being jealous were being like because I I would say we're one of the higher earning clubs um and that's based on my experience working at the other clubs and so I think that's kind of a fact it's not like a you know judgment on any of the other clubs it's just like that that is what it is but um but I don't think I've seen the talent at other clubs and I think the other women in the state are super talented and the other clubs are really cool and have their own strengths but yeah I think some of the bad PR has been jealousy and some of it has been some of us have acted really bratty, you know, some of us have acted really entitled and I include myself. I think I definitely had, I, I actually can only remember one 
but I remember this guy being really aggressive with me about something. I'm totally outing myself for being such an asshole, but <laughs> here we go. Um, he was giving me a lot of shit, I think, about like wanting me to get nude or wanting me to go home with him or something. And he wasn't like tipping me that great. And so I said something shitty like, why don't you, you and your... I don't remember what I said, but I said something like, why don't you just go to Southern? Like, go have fun at Southern. Enjoy. Like, maybe they'll let you talk to them this way, but I'm not going to let you talk to me this way. You're actually being really rude. And I think I had been conditioned to think and talk that way because that was the way some of the people there were acting and talking. But with time, like I do with many things, as I kind of search how I actually feel about it or what the actual facts are, I was kind of like, oh, I don't think that's a great way to act. And, and yeah, that's not really the type of person I want to be. I don't want to be shitting on other people or other clubs. Um, that that was a culture thing at the time. That was something, but yeah, at the end of the day, we're doing the same shit. And I think we should be scratching each other's backs, honestly. Like I try to, whenever strippers, locally or strippers kind of anywhere but specifically locally follow me or message me I try to interact with them that doesn't mean that I always can or that I always do but I try to if they want to have an interaction and be a part of that community I'm like way down to like include them in that um but yeah I think you know egos can get to everybody I think it's very human so there's no monthly meetings, there are no Facebook groups to <laughs> There is. I mean, I think there is oh. so like like there's someone created a uh what's it called? The Bears Den, like a false Instagram for them. If anyone knows about this, it's kind of it's kind of funny and interesting, but it's really mean actually. It's like so maybe I take back the interesting and <laughs> I mean, there is humor there because they're kind of making fun of like the bear's den that there's, I mean, one of the jokes I've heard about the bear's den is that's where strippers go to die. And I already knew all that when I started working there. Um, and I thought it was kind of funny. I guess like there's part of that, there's a word for it. Like um, to be able to like poke fun and like, you know, kind of have this sense of humor about things. But I mean, the women at the den are beautiful. Like there are some really stunning, there's, and that's what's weird is that a lot of the women at these other clubs came from trails. And so it's like, they were trails and, and it's not like they went there to die. They were still young and beautiful. And like, you know, at the top of their game, they just wanted something different for themselves. Um, but yeah, there's like an Instagram about it and it's just got some mean stuff. And, but um yeah i think people should make their own opinions about the clubs and i just think there's something great about all of them in their own way so for sure yeah have you seen that instagram no i'm gonna track it down and i don't think they can have it removed you know and trails has some some old pages too that like you know someone was running it and you know they left under terms that weren't great and so no one else had the login so there's and, there. and there was the time that that person posted some really derogatory things about trails on the trails page do you remember that 
that yeah, was interesting. I don't, I don't think I ever saw it, but yeah, that, that totally makes sense, you know. Yeah, it's interesting. I Yeah, but I think the industry should all be working together. Like, I see bars do it. You know, I see bars help promote events for other bars and like, and they feel, I think, like connected, like, oh, hey, we're both local bar owners. Like, let's, you know, and, and they were, and they get that mentality of like, the people who like to drink are bar hopping, you know, like, let's not try and go me and my customers and no one else can have them. Let's like, you know, be a good industry together. And we covered this last time by local. All these ladies are local. Yeah. <laughs> Independent local ladies. Yeah. But yeah. Well, is that all we got for this week? Or um, let me double no. check. I, I want to say there might have been one more, and that's probably the only one I would do if I found it. But I'm going to double check. Actually, I don't. I think I hit them all. So we have to put out a new call for questions. We're caught up. Yay. Yeah, that took us four episodes, right? Yeah, yeah, because there was layover, the rollover every time. Yeah, thank you guys so much for for listening and for asking the questions. Like, this has been such cool dialogue. I'm so stoked. Thank yeah, you. Very cool. Loving it. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Again, another sponsorship we probably won't get. <laughs> I'm loving it. <laughs> Follow the socials, ask the stripper, Molly the stripper. You know, send your questions there. If if you want to be non-anonymous and say, actually say hi and actually ask if you want to be besties. But otherwise, yeah, that, that's that's what we got. Yeah. We're nodding quietly in a podcast. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. Send more more questions, please. Yes. And until next time, ta-ta. Bye.